0: Hello and welcome to Words, where we explore storytelling in all its forms. I'm Rob. I'm Kate. And we are back after a couple of weeks. Not been the best in terms of weather or health, has it?
1: <laughs> no, but we, we are going to try and do a proper weekly podcast, because uh, we have been a bit slack lately. Um but last time we did say we would talk about Halloween reads and I know it has already been Halloween but it's still it's uh, actually got cold and wintry now finally in the UK um so I still feel like kind of spooky reads are appropriate lots of people I know like reading lots of ghost stories at Christmas time so I think I think it's still okay.
0: Yeah, it gets dark about half four now, so that's certainly spooky enough. <laughs> yes. Um so I've got two. You no doubt have got more.
1: Um well I'm just I've actually read quite a lot of um kind of spooky things just lately. So I'm just uh bringing up my uh Goodreads reading challenge. So I can talk to those as it as it were.
0: Talk to them. <laughs> um, I will start off then. So this is a book that has been back in the charts lately, it's fairly old. Uh, mostly due to its recent big-screen adaptation, but this is Stephen King's It. Now, I don't want to say too much because if you've been to the cinema lately, you will have only seen the first half of the story. Mm. But this is one that I read when I was a teenager. I can vividly remember it was a a long, hot summer. Um, It's certainly a long book, about a 1,000 pages now. (laughs) Um, And it really did kind of get under my skin in, one, in, in the best way that Stephen King does. So um, if you don't know, It is the story. Uh, and I have to be careful here. So it starts off, uh, in the book, it's set in the 50s, but in the recent film they kind of moved it forward into the 1980s of a series, um, sort of a group of children who are terrorised by the, uh, the It of the film, which takes on, amongst other things, a scary clown.
1: Mm-hmm. That's, um, I mean, that's probably the most well-known. the
0: well-known. But it also, uh, in the book, it takes on the form of a lot of the universal, as in this film studio, horror characters, sort of like the werewolf and the mummy that were they kind of see. It basically interprets their nightmares whilst trying to kill them one at a time.
1: Nice. So um, I know like the film version, um, they were children, but you were saying that in the book it goes between them being children and them being grown-ups is that right yes
0: so the character of Pennywise the clown as he's known comes back every 27 years so they fight him as his children and then they have to come back 27 years later when they're um, adults when it happens all over again um, and the book flits between these two time periods mm-hmm. um, much more than the film and I remember it, I remember it was a commitment, obviously, reading a book with a thousand pages, it's a certain, it was, the one I had was a really hefty paperback, and I think it was one of the first Stephen Kings that I'd read. Um, I'd already seen the TV adaptation, which was around the 80s, with mm. Tim Curry. Yeah. I think I'd seen it on TV, but I'd I'd actually bought it as a double-pack VHS, because <laughs> uh, it was about, it was a miniseries, so it was yeah. well four hours maybe mm-hmm. six hours anyway um and that itself sort of misspits out and moved things around mm. and things like that but it was that one was set in the 50s and also it was set in the 80s because it was made only a few years after the book had come out
1: right i see and this
0: and i think this had been a thing that i'd known about growing up Mm. Sort of, this is obviously before the internet, so someone's brother at school had probably watched it or read it. And mm-hmm. there was a kid in my class, um, Alex Debenham, who always read the <laughs> Stephen King's because he's.
1: Shout out to Alex.
0: His parents didn't particularly pay much attention to what he was reading. But I read this when I was at secondary school, probably 13 or 14. Um, and it's just one of these things that's, that was stuck in my mind. um and it is really creepy. I mean, watching the recent film version, I thought it was quite fun, mostly because I knew it was going to happen mm. next.
1: Whereas I didn't, um, and I did think it was fun, but I was also incredibly scared because I just had no idea what was going to happen to the next, if anyone was going to die, or like what was going to leap out at them, or and that's like the thing that really scares me, where it's you, you know, that something's going to. Happen, yeah. but you don't know what kind of thing
0: and in, and in books that's obviously harder to do but it kind of gets under your skin and I think Stephen King does childhood really well mm. and I did kind of grow up you know riding around BMXs with my mates uh, well I think
1: that's what he's known like for really yeah. isn't he like kind of stand by me and then you know now Stranger Things is kind of taking that trope yeah. isn't it really which
0: I find really recognisable so yeah it's it's, it's a commitment but it's really well worth it but obviously you're now in the in the situation where the sequel or the chapter 2 as they're calling it probably isn't going to come out for about 2 years so do people want to spoil like, spoil i, I it for personally would
1: or... not read it now before i see the second film because
0: you're halfway I, through yeah either i yeah. want
1: to read the whole book or see the whole story as a film i don't kind of want to find out what the ending is in the, in the middle.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that makes sense. And also, I'm kind of intrigued as to how they're going to do the ending if they stick to it. There have been little winks and nods in the first film about mm. how it all works. And, of course, Stephen King is well-known for this... Each book connects to his Dark Tower series, mm-hmm. which I didn't go and see the film of because I...
1: I heard ha- it wasn't very good. I,
0: yeah, and I haven't also read my way through to the end of that series. So... I also didn't want to find out something by accident. Mm. And I think it's it's a very hard topic and a hard thing to make. So, yeah, I would recommend, if you haven't seen any of this or going into it, um, go and read Stephen King's It. Uh, Other books to suggest, if you're interested, is Different Seasons, which I've recommended to you before, which is uh, four novellas. They're a bit longer than short stories. Um, all put together into one book, um, Spring, Summer, Autumn, Winter. And that has Stand By Me, that has The Shawshank Redemption, Apt Pupil, and also another one, Winter, called The Body. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you're aware of Stephen King's work, maybe you've seen the films, but you want to have a a nice way in, uh, do that. There's been loads of adaptations recently. Gerald's Game, 1922. Yeah, that's on
1: Netflix at the moment.
0: Um, The Kennedy One, 12, 11 whatever yeah it was. we watched
1: like three episodes of that or yeah, something
0: james franco the time traveling one so yeah he's having quite the resurgence right now
1: mm, i think i mean you were saying obviously a thousand pages is quite a commitment like all in one book but then something that i was going to recommend. Um, it's actually five parts of one series and I'm sure if I put those together it'd be more than <laughs> a thousand, well like probably around or maybe a bit more than a thousand pages because each of those books is about 300 pages or so. Yeah. And I wrote one, which I'd had for ages, really, really loved it and then basically went and ordered the others and then just, um, so I had like a break between the first one and the second, but then almost like read them in one go as if I was reading one book. So uh, people will do that and really that would be just the same, wouldn't it? Yeah. It's just, it's like literally in one volume. So, um, it's a bit easier to carry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was a bit easier to, to take around with me. So what I'm talking about is Lockwood and Co by Jonathan Stroud. So I'm not sure how many people have heard of this series. I know, a lot of people that I chat to, kind of social media YA type people, um, it, like who are bloggers or authors or whatever, know about him. Really love this series. Um, he has written this series of books. He's also written um, a Bartimaeus series, which are like Bartimaeus is like a little sort of demon type thing, and those are for slightly younger readers, like um, kind of middle grade. As it's called in the U.S., would um, be sort of like nine to twelve here. Um, but Lockwood and Co. is about um, basically a ghost detective and a prevention agency. A bit, a bit like Ghostbusters, really. Oh, right. um, <laughs> but it is in the U.K. Um, it's in a version of london and the uk where since kind of the late victorian times there have been more and more ghosts that have started to appear um and obviously it's the the kind of usual idea that if someone has died in any kind of violent way or if there's you know been some kind of unresolved problem then their ghost will reappear um and In this world, they don't use necessarily kind of uh, technological things like the Ghostbusters do. They don't drive around in a car. They don't have proton packs and stuff. Um, They have these certain tools where basically you have to find whatever the source of the ghost is, the thing that's sort of like its passage through from the other side. So that could be a skeleton, like in the most obvious case like some you know someone's bones have been Mm. just buried under a floor somewhere but it could also be something like um an amulet uh, or a piece of jewelry or it could be you know another object that's the ghost is kind of linked to and to stop the ghost you have to um sort of like find that thing and like cover it with silver or, or something like that or trap it in a container and that will capture the ghost. So, um, there are like, big agencies, like these like big corporations, but Lockwood & Co. is a tiny operation. The person who runs it is um, Lockwood, but he's like 15, kind of <laughs> thing. Um, and the other important thing, which is why it's relevant that he's 15, is that you stop being able to see ghosts after you get to a certain age. Oh, right. So, it seems dangerous but you have to have children basically uh to go and detect the ghosts and to actually capture them otherwise you get too old you're, you're not able to see the ghosts anymore so the main character uh, is a girl who is a um kind of one of these agents in the north of england but she had a really horrible experience she decided to, to basically go to london and seek her fortune so um these five books are all about her adventures with Lockwood and co, um, discovering what's going on, why the ghosts are appearing, you know, various sort of adventures with different kinds of ghosts in different situations. But also there's kind of a wider thread that runs through the whole um, series about there's a kind of mystery around Lockwood and what happened with his family and there's also mystery around a couple of the really big agencies and what they're up to and why the ghosts are there in the first place Mm. there we go Um, it is YA but I don't think that should necessarily put anyone else off if they like the sound of that I thought they were really well written they're very pacey really good fun but also quite scary in places they're um, very suspenseful very atmospheric uh, and I really liked the kind of detective, thrillery type element to it, in addition to the ghosty, gothic y kind of element. Yeah. Alright. Really good fun. I I want everyone to read them now, basically. I enjoyed them so much. I just thought they were great. Um and it's it's that sort of fun like kind of being in a team type friendship, you know, almost like the Stephen King friendship thing, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, but see, I've
0: seen you've converted a few people on Twitter. Yes. Actually. yes.
1: So yeah, Gav, um, formerly of the readers, has uh, read the first one now and really enjoyed it. Um, I ended up reading them because um, Darren, <laughs> who uh, you've heard from before, uh, talks about them all the time and how much he really, really likes them. And also because the last one in the series had just come out. Um, so... I don't know, it sort of prompted me to, to try them at last and I'm very glad that I did.
0: Mm, right, my final recommendation is one I think I've talked to about before but I encountered this one at university. It's Henry James's The Turn of the Screw. So we've gone from Ooh. a thousand-page Stephen King to a novella. <laughs> um, and it's an interesting one because it's... It, it starts off when it's, it's actually a, uh, got a framing device around it which you don't really get these days and it's sort of um, we have an unnamed narrator who's listening to a, uh, someone called Douglas who says that he's he's found this manuscript that's written by a governess who is now dead mm. and you end up reading that's what you're reading you're reading her, her document her, her sort of explanation of what went on during this time so it's told in the first person and i've said before this is the book that completely made me not trust the first person (laughs) narrator because it completely plays yours with your expectations you're seeing everything as she sees it um it's and you're never quite sure what's going on so she is basically hired to go and look after um become a governess of these children and is she being haunted by something or is she going mad? Is she imagining it? Mm-hmm. And you're never quite sure what's going on because there's that element of distrust or what I had
1: mm-hmm.
0: feeling in. Um, it's a book that really keeps you on your toes because mm-hmm. you really are never quite sure what's going to, what's happening. You can't, there's nothing you can latch onto, nothing that you can, you can trust. Yeah because you're, seeing, you're totally reliant on everything that you see through her eyes, and it, and for such a short book, such a short story, it really had quite the punch on me, to the extent that any first-person narrator now I'm immediately <laughs> dis, disjustful of. Um, <laughs> someone asked me on Twitter, and I've completely forgotten their name, I'm really sorry, they asked me the other day, uh, they listened to us talking about Donald Tart's Secret Again, which is obviously oh, written in yes. the first, Secret History, um, written in the first person, mm-hmm. and they were saying like, do you still not trust Richard? And I was like, no, I find it really hard to trust Richard because of this bloody book. (laughs) (laughs) Turn of the screw. Um, Now I think there's been a few adaptations of this, but I really can't see how it would work correctly because you really have to see it through her eyes. Um, Mm. So I don't want to say too much about it because I think the little that is said, the better. But it's a very quick read. I really recommend it. So... You've kind of got two extremes from me there, um,
1: both they in kind age of, and they length. Balance each other out. Yeah. Um, I wanted to mention a book called The Quick by Lauren Owen. So I um, took home a copy of this like nice big hardback um, from Vintage. It was published by, I think, Jonathan Cape. Um, but they published it before I started working there and I didn't really know anything about it at all it just had a really lovely cover and I kind of vaguely remembered hearing a bit about it from when it had come out um so I didn't know what it was about at all and I read that um quite recently that's quite a chunky book about kind of 500 pages or something like that um it's set in um kind of it feels victor yeah it must be victorian because it's um the same time as oscar wilde he actually pops up in the book very briefly um so it's set in that kind of time and partly in yorkshire and then mostly in london and um it's got a couple of different viewpoints but it's mainly about what happens to a young man he kind of goes to university, he moves to London, he's living with um, kind of a friend of a university friend, um, and they become very close. Um, and one night they go out and um, he's decided to, in a sort of fit of enthusiasm, to deliver his, um, the, the good copy of his manuscript he's been working on to Oscar Wilde. And they're going to just wrap it up and leave it on his doorstep Mm -hmm. with a note. Um, But then just before they get there, um, they bump into this sort of quite forbidding man. And then um, suddenly they're attacked. And it turns out that there is a mysterious um, club, like uh, sort of members club in London called the A. Jolius Club, but you can they only have 50 members maximum at a time. You have to be invited. Um, you very rarely see people coming in and out, um, certainly not during the daytime. I wonder if you can kind of imagine uh, what I might be okay. hinting at. Right, but yeah. I don't, I don't, again, I don't want to give too much away about exactly what is going on, because it will spoil the way that the story runs. But there's lots about this young man and also his sister who realizes that something has gone wrong comes to see him and see if she can help and ends up becoming kind of embroiled in a much bigger situation um there are also um some other uh, like another pair of characters who are trying to stop that kind of forbidding man and his associates from doing what they're doing in the, in the murky London nights. Uh, there's also a scientist, a doctor who wants to do some experiments. Um, there's quite a few different sets of characters mm. and it's kind of how they all end up weaving together and being involved with one another. But yeah, I didn't know anything about this, but as I was <laughs> going in, um, as is my want, I just uh, fancied the cover, decided to give it a go. Um, mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed it, actually. Um, I really like the way that it goes between different people's perspectives. Um, it's mostly third person, but the doc- you actually get to read the Doctor's notes, which is quite fun. Um, so obviously different people have kind of different opinions about the merits of some of the things that happen. <laughs> um I, yeah, and it's um, really sweet, actually. There's some really lovely character development. It's not It's not all just kind of... It's not like Twilight or anything. Um, it's uh, very well done, I thought. I really enjoyed it. Um, I know it's... I was looking at Goodreads. It kind of has a bit of a mixed reaction, I think. I think either you like it or you don't, basically. Right, okay. um, But I did really like it. It reminded me of quite kind of classic novels where um some of it is written as diaries and letters oh, yeah. you know that sort of thing um which i really love so i got on with it very well i know not everyone i think some people thought it was a bit of a letdown when they realized what was happening cuz i think it when it was first published that was kept very secret um and then they were like oh well that's what it is yeah
0: i saw it so yes. you
1: know i think they thought it was going to be this massive reveal and actually it's probably not that it's It's quite easy to guess basically. Yeah. Um, what's coming. Like I, I had guessed and I'm not a good guesser. So,
0: Oh, i why captain guessing. Oh, you would have, yeah, you would have right. realized straight
1: away. <laughs> <laughs> but there we go. But I, I really, really enjoyed it. So, you know, take that as my recommendation. Um, if you, if you want, I'm sure it's probably on, you know, it's in paperback and on Kindle and whatnot. So you don't have to fork out for big hardback. Um, but yeah, see, see what you think. And I spe- other things I just wanted to very quickly mention that I've been reading lately and would fit in this theme. I read the Raven Boys series by Maggie Stiefeter. Um The last one is already out. And again, that kind of prompted me to actually read them. And I really, really enjoyed those. They're, it's set in Virginia. Um, but one of the main characters is actually looking for a Welsh prince
0: oh, well who's there, supposed yeah. to be
1: sleeping, like a bit like Arthur, <laughs> like sleeping until hmm. he's woken kind of thing. And that's one of the big threat and that's, it's very kind of, um, obviously lots of ravens. So it's quite gothic and magical and, um, that was, that's good fun, um, I don't think I love them as much as some people do. Some people think they're, like, absolutely the best, best, best things, like, love them to be. And I, I thought they were very good, um, but, like, they're not, like, the absolute favourite thing that I've ever read in the world. But, like, really enjoyable. Sorry, yeah. um, well, can't yeah. More. yeah, exactly. So... Yeah, I think I think that'll do from me yeah. for now. I mean I know we've we've recommended other things at other times and I'm sure you can uh, furnish yourself. But I'd love to know if other people have read the quick. I'd really like to know what they thought.
0: Well, if you have, send us an email, contact us at adventurethewords.com, you can send us a tweet at World Adventures. We're also on Facebook and you can head over to adventurewords.com. You can leave us a voicemail which we'll have you play on the show. And uh, if you've got a moment, if you would be lovely enough to write a review on iTunes oh, yes. and maybe even give us five stars. Ooh. It all really helps us to find uh, new listeners.
1: It's very unethical. You can't ask people to give you a certain.
0: Only if they want to. <laughs> I'll take a four. A four or a five. How's that? <laughs> uh, if you'd like to know what I get up to during the week, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at Rob Chilver. And I'll do a blatant plug now I've mm. started a new newsletter. Uh, it goes out every Sunday. Um, it's a sort of a mixture of bookish stuff, sort of techie stuff involving just what I'm generally interested in and maybe a little bit of my job and all sorts of things in between. It's free to sign up. If you head over to paperypixels.com, that's papery, P uh, A P E R Y, pixels.com. It's free to sign up and the first one will be going out on Sunday.
1: Um, you might have seen me tweeting or Facebooking about a new book club mm. um if you just have a look on my twitter which is magic underscore kitten i will probably be retweeting stuff from the account but um we're gonna read or are we are reading um hannah kent oh god that's really yeah. embarrassing it went out of my head help um uh, sorry it's been a long day uh the good people by hannah kent which is her second book Um, and we're going to be chatting about it on the 14th of November so if you are uh, London based and either you have already read that or you would like to read it read it and come and join us
0: that's all for this week Uh, I'll speak to you soon, bye